Welcome to the Human Flourishing Project. I'm Alex Epstein. The title of today's episode is When It's Difficult to Get Started. So the basis of this or the motivation for this is that, as I think I've discussed on previous episodes, there are certain activities in life that are very valuable and that once we're in the middle of them, they're fairly easy and even enjoyable to sustain, but getting started can be difficult. So one example, which is kind of a simple example, but an important one is you might have had this experience, you probably have it on some level, like getting into a cold pool or a cold ocean, where at the beginning it feels like, oh, it's super cold, it's hard to do, there's a lot of resistance to confronting it, but once you're in it for a minute or two, it feels great. And you may even want to stay in for a long time. At least this is, you know, this is how I feel. Uh, Another example that is very close to me is writing. You'll hear a lot of people who engage in writing talk about, okay, once I'm in the zone, it's easy or enjoyable, or it's, it can maybe even, maybe even, I don't want to leave it, but getting into it can be hard. It can be so intimidating to start something, particularly if it's a big project. I just There's all sorts of resistance and reasons not to do it, and then procrastination can happen, and so on and so on. And this is, I'm sure there are many, many examples from different people's lives. And there's just this phenomenon of sometimes the thing that the activity that we really think is good for us can be difficult to initiate. Another one that that just came to mind for me, it's maybe different for others, is processing my email. So that's something where uh, I, I have a lot of resistance to doing it. But once I get into it, I can get into it and then I might not even uh, want to leave it. But it's and this this relates to a topic I'll I'll probably discuss on a different episode, which is and maybe I'll I'll discuss it a little bit this episode, actually, uh, at the end. And it's about proper time allocation, how important it is to allocate the right amount of time for things. So I find that for me, a really good block of time is two hours. I find that if I allocate two hours for something like that, once I get into it, then I can really be on a roll. Whereas if I allocate 45 minutes, then by the time I could even be on a roll, it's almost over. And then that can lead to delaying the start of it if I know it's only 45 minutes. But uh, more on that a little bit later. So I think it's, it's very valuable insofar as we can figure out what are good ways to get started on valuable activities when it's difficult. And I'll start out with three things that I'm not going to focus on today, but all of which are very valuable. Then I'm going to focus on two approaches and above all one approach that may be useful in in addition to these first three. So one is habit formation. So that's just making something a habit. And that can be Something like, well, with writing, the more you write, all things being equal, the less resistance there will be. Now, it doesn't mean that there won't be resistance. And if you ever read the book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, which is a really interesting book, he talks about how, you know, resistance is chronic. But I think even he would say that over time, it gets to be less. If you're doing something day in, day out, 
you get more confidence in it. And even though there may be some resistance, it's not the same as if you're totally new to it and it's super uh, intimidating. And this is true of anything going in the ocean. I find, oh, it's easier. You know, uh, I've been taking more cold showers lately with Wim Hof method, which I'll talk a little bit about maybe in one of these, uh, uh, when I make one of these, the, the upcoming points. And you know, that's just the kind of thing that, yeah, the more you do it, the easier it it gets to be to initiate. And one term I've heard for this, which I learned from Eben Pagan, although I don't think he came up with it. So Eben Pagan, I've talked about him in previous episodes. He's really a smart entrepreneur who has a lot of insight about a lot of things, including productivity. So he talked, I heard the term, I learned the term habit gravity from him, which is that it's, you know, at the beginning, before you've developed a habit, there's a certain kind of gravity toward your old habit. So if you want to get up and go to the gym in the morning, then there's this gravity, there's this pull of your habit of not doing that. And at a certain point, you can break that habit gravity if you uh, repeat the new habit enough times, then it becomes a habit. And you'll hear different things like, oh, it takes 21 days or 30 days or 60 days. And I don't, I've never studied the different things. But so no doubt that habit formation is quite useful. But I think most of us would say there's still, it's still often the case that even when we're in the habit, there can be a lot of uh, resistance to things. So a second thing, which is related to overcoming the resistance, is willpower. And for our purposes today, this is pretty simple. As in, I just say, okay, I have this resistance and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna will myself. So I'm gonna will myself to go in the cold shower. I'm gonna will myself to start writing. Uh, whatever it is, I'm just going to will myself. And this obviously has a lot of value, uh, but it has its limitations, including people talk about, I think accurately, the idea that you have a finite amount of willpower, that you can't just be willing uh, everything all the time. And so it's the kind of thing where you'd rather not have, ideally you'd like to have a set of daily habits where willpower isn't necessary for the norm, because then you can use it for exceptional things. So for example, if it's, I use the example of writing because I know it very well, but it's it's similar to a lot of other kinds of work. If, like, if it's super hard for me to even get started writing and I have burning up willpower on that, then I'm going to have, I guess, according to this limited willpower idea, which is very plausible to me, then when I actually encounter a difficulty within writing that I, I need to push through, it'll be that much more difficult because I'll have burned so much um, getting into it. So if it's just a regular thing that's good for me, I would like to have less willpower. doesn't mean I'll ever get to zero, but I'm going to talk about how to, how to significantly lessen it in a minute. But the the third one before I get into that is, and this is a broad category and and another very valuable category is condition setting. So I set up the conditions so it's easier to get started. And this is a broad uh, idea, so you can think of it in as expansive a way as you want in terms of what are the different conditions that will make it easier. So it might be, if you're talking about work or writing, it might be, okay, well, I'm going to set up, I'm going to make my office neat. That'll help me write. Or I'll have a really um, comfortable chair. You know, for me, I like, like, I like writing and editing on a really, like, I often do it on a couch uh, in part because it helps me think about the uh, audience and I do it on a 
I like working on an iPad, including when I'm typing, because the the closeness to my eyes and something about the key, the, the keyboard I find much more comfortable because the the regular Mac keyboard is always rubbing against my wrist, which I really uh, dislike. But also, it's just the, there's something about the closeness of it. Uh, the iPad, at least I use the 2017, I think, 2017 iPad Pro and keyboard has all kinds of issues and the keyboards are always disconnecting and stuff and the Apple pencils are messed up, but in, in certain ways, but that's just, that's a condition that really makes it easier for me versus working directly uh, on a laptop. So they're all different kinds of things and your motivation can be conditioned. So it could even be okay in the morning, I'm going to read this thing that's going to get me motivated. Yeah. You just, just think about it as, and I could do a whole episode on this. I don't think I have, uh, so far you said before I did human flourishing project, I did some videos on YouTube. I think about conditions. If you look up the, the video resolution revolution, I might talk there about different kinds of conditions. But one one way to think about conditions as a prompt is to just think, and I got this also from Evan Pagan, he talks about inevitability thinking. So you think about what conditions would I need to put in place for this to be inevitable. And that can be really, really powerful and spark and spark a lot of creativity. Okay, so let's jump into the ones that I want to focus on. The main idea I want to focus on in terms of making it easier to get started on a valuable activity that's hard to start is engineering the activity to be easier to start. So engineering the activity to be easier to start. So I'll give you an example I was working on this week that sparked this show. So um, I mentioned in the last show, which was on a proactive approach to health, that I was exploring what's called the Wim Hof Method, W-I-M space H-O-F. It's a really interesting guy, and it, it involves certain kind of breathing and then a certain kind of exposure to cold. And one thing I liked about it when I tried it was it was a pretty quick way to get like rejuvenated and energized in the morning, and it was quite high probability. So I could do it and I would very reliably get a certain kind of rejuvenation. I've definitely found that to be the case having done it uh, every day since I did that last episode. But one thing I was noticing with the Wim Hof breathing is it's, so in some ways it's easier to get started than other things. I think it's a little bit easier than meditation to get started, at least for me, but it's still, uh, it still involves a certain amount of effort. And I was finding myself like, okay, yeah, I, I, do I want to, like, there's just, I was finding myself having a little bit of resistance to it. So then I thought, okay, what would be the easiest possible way to get started on this? Because I knew that once I got started, it, it involves often multiple rounds of a certain kind of breathing with breath holds in between. And I noticed that, okay, well, after the first round, it's way easier to do more because I'm in it and I feel really good and I've just experienced the reward of doing it. And for me, the most pleasurable part is the, the breath hold is actually the most pleasurable part. And then you, you take an inhale after the breath hold, which is also really enjoyable, but it's just this very calm and nice state with the, uh, the breath hold if you set it up with the breathing. So I thought, okay, how do I get into that? And I thought, well, just for me, the beginning of it and the guided 
meditation on YouTube, it's just a little bit fast. So I find that I like to do it more slowly at the beginning and get my technique in line and just really do it in a relaxed way. And then I can speed up later if I want. And I just found that, okay, yeah, this is considerably easier to do and more pleasant to do because then I just have to go lie down somewhere and just start breathing in a relaxing way. So it can almost be a lazy thing, which I like initiating activities in a lazy way. If I can, as long as I know that this is in line with inevitability, thinking like inevitably it's going to get me into a state where it's easy to continue. And I noticed that Wim Hof talks about this explicitly with regard to cold because he's big on cold, but he says you need to really gradually expose yourself. So he'll have, he has a video on getting in the cold and he's just saying, you know, don't force anything, just, you know, get your extremities wet and then get your shoulders wet. And it's, and even you can start off hot. And I know notice a lot of the practitioners, they'll start off with a hot shower or a warm shower and then they'll move in and it's easier to do. And as long as they get in the, as long as they can get to the cold part, then, you know, then they've, then they've done it, but it's a much easier way. Now, maybe over time, you don't, there are reasons why you don't want to start, but then you, you don't want to start cold, but then hope you don't want to start warm rather, but then hopefully you've built up a certain um, tolerance. And maybe sometimes it is a situation where you deliberately want to do the thing that takes a lot of will, but this is an example of where it can be uh, a lot easier. So other th- things you you know, so I think the, the, the question, the operating question that I want to share today, and I can share more examples, but the operating question is what is the easiest way to get started on this thing? So if I'm thinking about something that can be hard to start, what is the easiest way of getting started? And part of this is asking at what point in the activity does it become easy to sustain? So I find if I'm going in cold water, like once my head has gone underwater, it is easy to sustain. And certainly, you know, once I start moving around, it's pretty easy to sustain. It's a lot easier for me than uh, going in. And I find that with, say, doing email, this is this may be a controversial one that I do, but it's it, this is kind of associated, I think, with <laughs> being sort of a distracted student. But this is the only thing I do this with that I can think of. Actually, some admin tasks too. It might be, I might start a TV thing in the background on it. And then what will happen is I'll just become annoyed by the TV thing. But it's just, I have a resistance to doing email and I have resistance to certain kinds of admin things. So part of what I can do is just have something that makes it palatable for a few minutes and then I get into it and then I'm starting to enjoy the efficacy. But part of it is I know the mechanics of how I work. I like once I'm on a roll and I'll talk about this in a second, once I have enough of a time block allocated to something, then I can really move forward. But it's all about knowing, and this will obviously vary person to person, you know, at what point in the activity does it become easy to sustain? And then I might as well just you know, figure out how to bridge that as quickly as possible. So what's the easiest way to do things? So I think people do this in different ways. Now, sometimes you might have like a, eating a treat, although I think food-based ones can be problematic because that can lead to other issues. It also can lead to uh, depriving oneself of energy. But 
you know, what if if it's something I really want to do regularly and well, I would like it to be as easy as possible. I was I'm doing some stretching for some physical therapy, and one thing I think about is okay, it's easier to do that. Like I can start out doing that in bed. Um, I think a lot of you know a lot of times people have issues, and I sometimes have issues with just like okay, getting out of bed. When it when does it make sense to get out of bed? Uh, and you know, getting I, I like thinking about things that make it easier. If I know that okay, in general, if I, once I'm really awake, get out of bed as quickly as possible. It's just thinking about okay, how do I do that? Like, kind of what's the easiest way? And then it might require some willpower, but I still want it to be what's the easiest way instead of the hardest way to do it. Now with uh, something like writing, so there are all kinds of things. And so it's just a a way of, it's just, you know, my own examples aren't going to be that helpful. But one thing I find, and I've been playing with more lately, is when I read, when I read good stuff in my field, so I'm working on a book on energy, and when when I read good energy slash environmental thinking or listen to it, the night before or or sometimes on a Sunday or the, the weekend before I'm writing because I'm not usually writing on weekends, I find that that really charges me up. Like if I can, particularly if I have a new, like I learn a new idea, then uh, I've just learned one last week, if you listen to my podcast Power Hour with a guy named Patrick Moore, a really interesting ecologist, and he talks about human beings being tropical creatures and like how our bodies are ideally suited for the deep tropics. And that has implications for how you think about different kinds of climate changes. And I just thought, oh, this is so fascinating. Now I want to go think about that or uh, learn some new fact about energy economics. And then it's motivating to go. That's just for me that a new, any kind of new idea just is very, uh, that that is a condition that makes it easier to get started, and it's but it, and the nice thing is it's super easy for me to read uh, other people's ideas about things. That's I don't always do it by default, but I I always enjoy it. So if I think okay, yeah, I'm not feeling like uh, no, I'm not sure about going into this week. I feel a little bit disconnected. Okay, then I'll just read something good, and then that starts to um, charge me up. Now, I should emphasize that writing can be an example of this where it really needs to be the easiest way. Part of easiest way to get started is it actually needs to lead to getting started quickly because one can do things that are preparatory, uh, but that are that end up in being procrastination. So you don't want procrastination at all. You want something that's a fairly direct uh, path. So there's, you know, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big Seinfeld fan. And on one of the shows, I think it's the, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember the, I think it's the, the show, uh, the Cheever letters in season four there, this happens, I think across a couple episodes, but I think this is the main one where they're, they're supposed to write a script for a pilot and they just like keep finding ways to, uh, delay it. And it's like, I got to find the right, George Costanza in particular is, is doing this and like finding the right kind of pen and there might be something about sitting in the right place, but there's all these different things. And it's clearly not actually uh, engaging the brain and putting 
pen to paper, which is what actually has to happen. So what do not take away at all the idea that, oh, well, maybe like I'm just going to come up with a bunch of rituals that make it easier, but then I it, it delays it and I don't have to pull the trigger. It's much more, how do I quickly uh, get into it? So for something like the reading of other things, I would, that's the kind of thing I would do the night before something rather than uh, right before. That's at least how it works for me because I find that if I'm like, it can, it's good to charge me up and, and to give me motivation and to give me material to work with. But it's because it's so easy to read uh, compared to, to write and to create something, at least for me, then if, if I do it, if I try to do it right before, it'll, it'll just, it's easy to get sucked into it and into the reading and and saying, Oh, I'll just take some more notes and Oh, this is going to be useful. And then before I know it, an hour, hour and a half has passed and then I'm not writing. So I have to be super, super, um, aware of that. But for, for example, something that does work for me well is just taking a little walk and record, you know, talking out loud about the, uh, the thing I'm going to write and, any questions or challenges I have about it, just uh, talking about that. So more, I could say a lot more about writing in particular, but just the idea is, again, what is the easiest way to get started on this so that it will happen? And then a lot of that is knowing at, at what point in the activity does it become easy to sustain? And then how to get to that part as quickly as possible. And one one other question that you can ask is what what makes it harder to get started on this? So there can be certain things that can easily get in the uh, in the way of things. So one thing for me for writing is just amount of time elapsed in the morning. I find that the more time elapses in the morning, if I do a really long morning routine, I find that it just it it makes it harder for me to get started. So then I can think about, okay, well, maybe I want to even be, if I was eating in the morning, you know, even before that, I would just get started on it a little bit or take a, uh, you know, a little, I think Ayn Rand had this term actually. Um, I'm not sure. If, I think I heard it secondhand from someone else, but small glances. So it's like look, like taking a little look at it or thinking at uh, thinking about it, maybe looking at a draft or looking at an outline, just starting to, get it working without the immediate obligation of having to create something. But for me, an obstacle is definitely time elapsed. And that's one reason actually I got really interested in Wim Hof stuff was doing the, uh, doing that breathing plus the cold shower, that plus just taking a quick walk and I, I take my dog out in the morning anyway. That's that's a really quick way to get started. I was finding with other things I was doing that were taking longer, it would just be okay, uh, you know, hour, hour and a half, and it's good, but it's it's also just a little bit long. So that that question, what makes it harder to get started on, is also valuable. So that's the main thing I wanted to focus on. So I, I, just to recap, we have there's these different ways of getting started when it's difficult. So there's habit formation, willpower, condition setting, and then this is engineering the activity to be easier to start. But there is one more that I've referenced a couple of times, and so that's the fifth one, and that is proper time allocation. 
So this is, this is, make, the thing is easier to get started if it has a certain amount of time uh, allocated to it. I think it's it's a it's an amount of time where the th- I'm confident the thing is doable, and even I'm confident it's doable if I have a a small delay. So. I mentioned two hours I find to be a really good amount of time. Now for working on a book, it's it's a little low, but even there I can still do a section or two. I can do something meaningful for consulting projects. I can certainly do it or for anything media related, or I can do a podcast and a newsletter in that amount of time. So two hours for me, that's a really nice chunk of time. And even if something happens, there is a delay for 15 minutes, okay, I still have an hour and 45 minutes. Whereas if I allocate just an hour and then 15 minutes gets delayed, that it's just so easy to get, uh, to just get derailed. And then who knows what's going to happen in that time, but not usually anything good. So I find that the, having a, a, it's not exactly a generous amount of time, but a, a slightly more than sufficient amount of time to do the task makes it a lot easier to get into because I know that I'm, I know that I can really do it, and it, and, it, and it in part removes that excuse of oh, well, I'm not going to have enough time. Maybe put it till later. That's that that kind of thinking. The the tomorrow Alex will not be very happy with me if I engage in a lot of that kind of um, thinking. Oh, you know, another one about easier to get started is is. Um, there's there's just different kinds of little mental tricks of just saying okay I'm gonna okay I'm you know I'm just gonna work on this for ten minutes so that's one I think I've mentioned on a previous episode but that can be one way of doing it too like okay it's easier to get started if I think okay I got ten minutes and then I'm just gonna do that and then we'll see what happens and then okay you know ten minutes you're gonna be into the thing so so not, whatever this is gonna vary a lot from person to person but. We think almost all of us have activities where for various reasons they can be difficult to get started. And even it can be just an issue of transition where if I'm doing different kinds of activities during the day, it's hard to switch from one context to another. And so it can be, and I get really into one thing and then I need to do another thing and it can be, oh, I don't, like this new, this thing is so new and it's so big and I'm not into it right now. So I just figure out how do I really elegantly get into this thing. All right. That is all for today. Hope that you got something out of that. And I hope that you, if you have any insights about this or any questions, you can share them on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash human flourishing project. Or as I like to say, you can email me with any questions, comments, love mail, or hate mail at alex at alexepstein.com. You can sign up for updates for this show, which usually comes out every two weeks at humanflourishingproject.com. And if you like this show, definitely, yeah, actually it'd be nice if you would leave a review on iTunes. I know we have a lot of those, I guess it's Apple Podcasts now, so leave a review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting platform if you happen to consume it then, and definitely recommend it to other people. I know this show has a lot of loyal fans. Uh, It doesn't have a huge number of fans in part because I don't promote it uh, as widely as I may in the future, but you can help promote it by just referring people to the show and tell them what your favorite episodes are, and maybe they will find value from it as well. 
One final note. This may be my last show, don't, don't, don't worry, before I turn 40. I'm going to be 40 on August 1st. And so I'm tentatively planning on recording an episode on August 2nd, but I may do one next week if I have some sort of, <laughs> if I want to do some sort of pre-turning 40 show. But if I do not uh, do that, I'll just say that Thanks, everybody, for listening. I, this show started, I believe I recorded the first episode on August 1st on my birthday in 2018, so it's been two years. I've certainly learned a ton by doing this show. I've met a lot of really interesting people uh, through this show, and even with people that I already knew, uh, developed my relationships with them in really cool ways just based on some of the topics on this show, so I'm uh, I've, I've definitely enjoyed doing it and uh, enjoyed interacting with everybody. So thanks for uh, thanks for all of the support and enthusiasm and good ideas. And I look forward to doing uh, a lot more of this in the next decade of my life. So that is it for this week. I will be back probably in two weeks, uh, maybe one week, but in either case, until then, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been the Human Flourishing Project. <laughs>